on this week's show. Trying to remain positive despite another disappointing result, we hear from Don Athletic captain Lee Martin. They're not a bad side, but at times we were much better. It's, you know, to walk away and beat 3-1, it's, it's not good enough. And how's about this for a scoreline? An 8-4 win for Faversham Strike Force. We catch up with their manager, Gary Axford. As a manager, I, I probably would have rather beaten 1-0, yeah. But it was a very entertaining game for the fans. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Plenty of success in the FA Cup for our teams this week. And we've also got interviews for you from Dover and a team who won 8-4 at the weekend, as you do. I'm John Phipps, who found the solution to flat pack hell was to pay someone else to do it. And on the line now was a man I discovered at the weekend has a real aversion to reversing in his car. It's Matt Jarrell, of course. Aside from the bit between 3 and 5pm, did you enjoy your trip to Eastbourne at the weekend? I had a lovely, lovely time, as I say. <coughs> when I left, when I left, when I said to you, when I dropped you off, I said, thanks for the nice, it's just the 90 minutes in between, which, as I expected, was pretty crap. Um, uh, even you, when we'd get under there, maybe you didn't think it was going to be that crap. But as I've been seeing this crap for the last two years, I, I'm not surprised. But I'm good, mate, thank you. And I did put some, I saw the one you were putting together, but I put something down very much smaller but it take me about an hour to do it and i do have an aversion i do not like reversing as you can well do because i just got to dump the car didn't i i don't do reversing apart i can move it anywhere with thunder and lightning here now which is a bit of excitement so uh, yeah yeah would you i would say i'm my wife is a brilliant she can reverse it anywhere i drive i, I have to drive in my reversing skills are appalling um, I mean, it was just awful. I can't tell you how bad. I, I could see Matt coming up to park outside my house, and I was like, Matt, there's a massive space. He was like, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I'm not having it. And then I went out there, and literally, he was on the curb. If anyone had come by in a wheelchair, they weren't getting past. It was that bad of parking. And the space was more than big enough. You know, you know, you know that one of my, you know, when you're driving down a road, and it's a, like a single road, and there's somebody always reversing parking. I could never do that. I would rather walk 10, mer- 10 minutes than reversing that. I would panic people doing that. I just cannot reverse park at all, and, and, and as, as seen by that. So um, I always drive in or find a bigger space because, yeah, it's, it's just a phobia I've got. I just, I'm just crap at reversing. Did you not have to like reverse parking on your test? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but yeah, but, but I've never, I, I would always drive in. I just don't like. Probably because my mate always said you always use your mirrors and you know just just I I would I just panic when I have to reverse not panic but I'm always a bit on edge. It's strange, really. But I quite like strange. I quite like everything on the motorway. I really enjoy doing, but anything reversing, I'm absolutely terrible at it. As a fully grown man with two children, I was quite appalled at your uh, refusal to reverse anywhere. I mean, yes, it's not good. I suppose if I had one of those cars that could do it for you. Maybe that's what I need to do. Yeah, no. possibly. But no, that, see, it must be other people have issues with it. Otherwise, they wouldn't invent a car that could reverse part for you, would they? See? So I'm not the only one. I, no, I'm not having that. It's it's not a difficult skill. You just need to take your time. And I mean, honestly, I could have got your car in that space twice. Well, yeah, well, it, it's an issue and I've got to work on it. But, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, just, I, I, I phobia. I, I would not reverse anywhere. Okay, well, you need to work on it. Maybe next year, if you're in the same division as Eastbourne, you can come down and do some reversing uh, around the town and I'll give you my full uh, unbridled support. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. But otherwise, I had a nice time. Yeah, I had a nice time. Thank, thank you for uh, uh, looking after me. And, uh, and if people follow us on Twitter, they can see us, me holding the trophy. And our, uh, John gave me the certificate, which is on our shelf. It's on my shelf now. So um, if, if, any, if we had any guests coming in, they, we, I can point to it and say look what i've done or we've done that's wrong AI. so we absolutely (laughs) as anyone can probably tell i'm not feeling very well this week i've got a a really bad sore throat and a cough it's very late at night Uh, i'm very hot and bothered i've had a rubbish day uh, thanks to a uh, broadcasting company who's i'm I'm not going to name them but it rhymes with fly Uh, they've annoyed me today Uh, so yeah it's been uh, it's, it's been great and you know what i need I need about two weeks time to come along and then I'm just going to I think I'm just going to go to bed and I'm not going to get up for about a fortnight if possible because I'm just absolutely shattered. I don't feel very well at the moment and I've just I've just had enough of everything. Everything's getting on top of me, uh, but the end is in sight. 
hopefully. Uh, anyway, it's our 224th episode this week, and that means that love is in the air, apparently. It's 224 is internet slang for today, tomorrow, forever, which is used by the kids to declare their undying affection for their partners. Who knew? Matt, have you ever said to your wife, 224? No. No. No, 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 no I've never heard of that. There's stuff I've heard from the kids before where they've said stuff, but I've never heard of that 224, no. Maybe when I wake her up after we finish this pod, I'll say 224 and she'll probably shout at me until we go back to sleep. Yeah. So there you go. I've, n- I've never heard of that either, but apparently that's that's what the kids do. So there you go. Um, anyway, let's get on with the show. And we'll start with our big day out of the weekend as Dover Athletic travel to face Eastbourne Borough. Goals in the first 100 seconds of either half were key as the Whites continued their indifferent start to the campaign, beating 3-1 by a Borough side who never really got out of second gear. After the game, Matt spoke to White's captain, Lee Martin, and he started asking him about the decision by boss Andy Hessenthaler to order his side back in for more training on Sunday. Yeah, I think um, rightly so, you know. Um, the basics weren't right today. Um, defensively, one ball again. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's basic stuff, you know. You learn that at 12, 13, you know, um, defensively. And we keep shipping goals, you've got no chance, sir. So. You know this level pretty well from the outside, how do you think this squad is good enough? Yeah, we well, you show we show in, in patches, but yeah, like I say, we keep making the mirrors. Um, no manager can sort that out. That's 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 on us, you know. Because um, some people will criticise criticise the manager for criticising the players. How do the how do the, the players react to that? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. Um, well, we just got to, you know dig deep, work hard, work on the basics, and then we'll be all right, you know. Um, like I say. It's all down to us. Manager can't do much. We can't do our basic jobs. You said, I thought in the game, conceded a sloppy goal in the first minute. You came into the game. You looked on top. You got the equaliser. You probably the performance deserved at that point. You should be kicking on, but you're not. What was the reason behind that? Well, sucker punch, wasn't it? A great goal there by Wads. Um, cheeky does well at wide. Foothold in the game. Um, really only one team in after their first goal, uh, in it after their first goal, but... Yeah, for whatever reason, um, again, that, that same error. One mistake, one big ball. Uh, can't deal with the first first ball. Uh, drops to their player. Yeah, it's just basic stuff. The club last season has gone through. They're in the habit of not winning football matches. Um, you've, you're coming in from an outsider. You weren't involved in last season. Do you feel the club's got to get a move away from that and it's just they're in a bit of a rut at the moment? Yeah, I can't fully understand, um, you know, how, how much the fans have been through. Um but we try and we're trying to sort of you know build something here. Um, it's a shame because you know you go from a four 0 win, go to Ebbsfleet, who realistically uh, is one of the hardest places to go in the league. Um, and we you know gave them a game to come here. You know they're they're not a bad side, but at times we were much better. It's, you know to walk away and beat three one, it's it's not good enough. What's the feeling like inside the dressing? First of all, how do the players react when they're going to come in on a Sunday? Oh, no one wants to, but don't lose games. That's what you have to do. You have to work harder, simple as. Um, but yeah, the mood is yeah, it's, it's down. We're down. Um, it hurts us. Um, end of the day, we've just got to go again. I mean, that's football. I've been part of teams where you've been on a, you know, a losing cycle. It's just, you know, eventually something's got to click and, you know, we've got to pull together. But there's signs. Um, we're still learning, you know, to get to know each other, uh, realistically. It's a whole, you know, I think there's 12, 13 new players, so that doesn't just happen overnight. There's been signs of improvement. Um, but, yeah, we need to, you know, to kick on very quickly. Now, personally, how do you think the first seven games have gone for yourself? Yeah, indifferent, um, some good, some bad. A um, bit, bit, bit similar to how we've played, really, um, reflected in that. Um, but, yeah, it's just obviously you can always improve. Um, I'm not happy with my performances personally. I don't know I can kick on. Um, but also know that'll come, so been a long time. I understand football. Um doesn't happen overnight. And once people get to know how you play, you understand how players play, you start to click a little bit later on in the season. You know, listen, it's it's really early on in the season. Let's, let's not get carried away, but again it's uh, it's just a manner of defe- defeats, you know, at the minute. It's we're in games, you know. Um and like I say, if we can just cut out them basic errors then we'll uh, we'll be fine. How do you know? You sound, you know, you've been in football a long time. Still hurts to lose on a Saturday at five o'clock, doesn't it? Of course, yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd have walked away from it. You know, um, thirty-five still gets me out of bed. You know, and still keeps me up at night. Uh, I hate losing. Um, have, um, haven't been used to losing for the last two or three years. Um, you know, I've been fortunate, and yeah, I want to want to sort of build that 
you know, winning mentality here. Um, How easy is to do that? It's it's hard, but it's, it's got to come from within. And I think we have got the right right personnel. Um, just a bit more belief, um, and that comes from from within. Like I say, it's got to be uh, each and everyone that have got to pull pull in the right direction. Um, work hard. Yeah, and once we get get you go get something together, I think you've seen signs where we looked a good team, um, but signs where we looked a bad team. So it's just getting it all together and, and getting the right sort of balance. Well, it seems to me, Matt, he still believes in the squad, but he knows that they and him personally just haven't been good enough so far this season. Matt, honestly, do you think they can turn it around? Good question. That um, I, I thought uh, when they beat Hemel four 0 probably there's four worse teams than Dover at the moment. But I would say they're in for a long, hard season. Um, the lack of quality, the lack of concentration and the lack of being clinical in front of goal. If that doesn't improve, it could be a long, hard season. So, And the lack of pace in the team. I think if you've seen the third goal when Moses makes a mistake and the bloke comes into it, nobody can keep up with the guy who ran... And nobody seemed to be bothered to catch up with him either, because apart from um, Chris Nicky, he was the last man. And I think Moses tried to get that. Nobody was anywhere near it. And Davis thought it was going to be offside from that position. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's disappointing, John. Um, again, I, I, I have said Dover weren't very good when I've seen them of the last season. Were they worse than you thought they would be? Uh, yeah, I think they were, actually. And, and I think, obviously, it was very good of Lee Martin to speak to you after the game, but... Personally he he got criticised because that also went on the club's video because of his body language and things like that. So um, I thought his performance was disappointing. And, and I said this on the radio and, and I've said it away from the radio as well. But the difference for me between the two teams were the, were the two number 11s. Uh, Lee Martin was there, Dover and Chris Welpdale, Freespawn, who scored, set one up, was all over the place, energy, final all over the place. Whereas Martin was just playing that little bit deeper and and he, he, you're almost looking at him at times thinking he's the captain. He needs to spark it. He needs to to really give them some impetus. And it never really came. And, you know, very, very frustrating performance from Dover. And I was confused because you were telling me that uh, your man Candy wasn't much cop on the wing. I thought he played really well. I thought yeah. Dio played really well. Pavey just looked a frustrated figure that obviously not playing to his strength. And that's my worry is these are the players that you've got. Um, I don't think there's much more money in the kitty to, to bring those more players in. So you've got to find a way to get the best out of all these players. And the performance on Saturday was significantly worse, in my opinion, than the sum of its parts. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You've seen these form before and you you saw that they could be get at, got at. Probably far from the 15-minute spell when David scored, they looked a bit then. But then if you look at it as well, I, probably, I didn't say this in the thing, you think about the goals they conceded. They conceded after two minutes. They conceded two minutes after they scored. And they conceded 90 seconds into the second half. Is that a concentration issue? Is that a right focusing issue? I don't really know what it is. Um, and Andy Heston Tyler, he's got to be under pressure. When he said in the interview, he knows he's got to be under pressure. And looking at the next three games... Um, <laughs> Well, basically, he's got to beat Slough for a start. If he doesn't beat Slough, um, they're going to go out the FA Cup, from what I saw a couple, well, we, nine days ago, whatever it was. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's concerning, but something's got to give because you know the club is in a in a poor way. And interesting, Jim Parmenter, you know, I've criticised Andy Hessenthaler, but Jim Parmenter um, has been quiet. What what is his views and all this? Nobody seems to know. So. But again, there's plenty of um, murmurings amongst other supporters that um, it's not going well. <laughs> no, and I think that's that, that's the frustrating thing. And, and, you know, you've been through a lot in the past few years as, as Dover fans. And, but but yeah. again, it's, that, again that, that, that's, that's football, isn't it? You know, we've had some luck, good times over the last 15, 16 years. So, again, that could go wrong. But sometimes I think we've got to help ourselves. That's my theory. So I don't mind losing, uh, but, you know, you've got to help yourselves on and off the pitch. Yes, absolutely. I in that division. Also 3-1 home wins for Ebbsfleet against Bath and Tommy Angels who beat Dulwich Hamlet. Well, Welling hit five as they saw off Oxford City. Defeat, though, for, for Dartford 2-1 at Chippenham. Away days seem to be a little bit of a worry for them. But let's talk about Welling, Matt. That's a great win and a hat-trick for Addy Aziz. 
Yeah, well in. Um, it definitely seems to be a real buzz about the club at the moment, on and off the field. Um, the new chairman's done a great job. The gates are up. They've got some good players in the squad. Um, and probably the biggest buzz probably since Jamie Day's been there. And they've got some good players. You know, Adi Aziz scores in pa- patches, but he's a decent player at that level. Stephen Payne, I know about all his strengths. Uh yeah, I think a really, really good job by it. And I do think that Warren Feeney is a good manager. Um, he's managed abroad. He's managed the Football League. And when he comes on, he sounds like a winner. And I think it's a really good appointment, Warren Feeney. It was eyebrows when he got appointed. He kept him up by last season, maybe by hook, by crook, but they stayed up. But I think, he's a, I think he's a good manager. And he could be the deciding factor for them to get in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, I think his, his passion came across really well. I spoke to yeah. him just after he'd been appointed, and I spoke to him after they literally stole a point from Eastbourne Borough uh, last season. And, you know, he, he comes across as a really impressive bloke to me. And I think, you know, they've, they've given him time, they've backed him, he's brought in some really good players, and really, really pleased for Welling and Nigel, of course, because uh, he's a friend of the show. And, and obviously they're buzzing, because they've had a, a couple of rough years, a bit like Dover, but they seem to have found the way to, uh, to reinvigorate themselves. And, and I guess you're kind of looking at that thinking, well, oh, that's a bit... I wish we had that luxury. Okay, be careful. You know, a new owner, new ideas, new spark. I'll leave it at that. Two games for all those teams this week. Dover hosts Slough at 1pm on Saturday. Dartford hosts Welling in a big derby game. Leaders Ebbsfleet take their 100% record to second place have at Waterlooville. And Diamond Angels travel to Worthing. And then on Tuesday, it's Dover against Dartford. Ebbsfleet at home to Braintree. Welling down here at Eastbourne. And Tumbridge Angels host Farnborough. Some big games in there, Matt. I guess a chance for you to see how Dartford are shaping up. Yeah, look forward to seeing it again. Away form, have they picked up any? Can't think. Picked any? Picked any away form? Get fourteenth place. Disappointing. Alan Dowson. I think looking back when Woking he got promoted with Woking in the play, I think they started off slowly, and it came good. But he's been pretty critical of the squad as well. But they have had some long trips away, um, so I think they'll have to. A local game might be a, bit, a little bit easy for the massive game at the weekend. Who goes into that as favourites? Last season, I was at the Dartford-Welling game and was it 2-0? No, 4-2 in the end. Welling got it back to 2-0. I thought Welling were a bit unlucky. So, And of course, the return fixture ended up 6-0 to the Darts. Yeah, exactly. Like so I'm sure um, some Welling will be looking to, they'll be interested in the space of a year. You could have it, but um, the roles are reversed. I'm not saying that Welling are going to win 6-0, but I think um, at the moment, if you think about that, a win for Welling over Dartford that could give them seven points clear of their local rivals. And that, I know after eight games, it's quite a good a good lead, I would have thought. So interesting times there. So that's a big game. Probably say, yeah, it's it's a must win for Dartford. I'm willing to probably take a draw. And of course, top against uh, second or second against top. Uh, that's a big, big test for, for Ebbsfleet United, isn't it? Um, massive, yeah. Ebbsfleet, everybody they've put in front of them, they've easily swatted on side. Probably the most difficult game is what you've seen against Eastbourne when they come back from behind, John. But yeah, having a Waterlooville, the two top sides, there is a little bit of friction between both managers, as we've seen before. And I think what they were saying, that was, they're still waiting on a, a case from a couple of seasons ago um, regarding Paul Doswell and language he used towards Dennis Katrib. So no love lost between either club there. Um, win for Ebsleep really does put down a marker, doesn't it? So, again, I think they'll probably take a point, but they've won seven on a spin. No reason why they can't make it eight. Uh, in the National League, Maidstone suffered more away day disappointment as they were beaten 4-1 at Gateshead, while Bromley beat Eastley 2-1. A home games for Maidstone this week against Solihull on Saturday and Wheelstone on Tuesday. Uh, well, I don't know what's gone on with the fixture planning as Bromley are at Notts County, 5-20 kick-off on, uh, on Saturday, and then away to York on Tuesday. Can you imagine if Jürgen Klopp was added those fixtures? Bloody hell. Yeah, game. Whoever decides the National League fixtures really needs to have a word with themselves because that's that's poor. Interesting weekend away uh, for them. York have started well. Notts County um, are a decent side. Good striker. They got the from Gates and he's scoring a lot of goals. And I think they need to bounce back from that uh, disappointing way defeat against Dagenham, don't they, um, Bromley? Um, but I think Maystone United from a point of view as well. Tough games with both top of the table sides. Wilson have started well. Solihull, very unlucky not to get promoted last season. So a bit of a 
they're good at home, Maidstone. So it's a bit of a challenge there for them. If they can pick up four points from there, I think they'll be pleased. Three of our four Isthmian League Premier Division sides made it through in the FA Cup. Margate beating Aylesbury, Folkestone seeing off North Greenford United and Herne Bay beating Horsham. But Craig Wanderers went out on Wednesday night in a replay, losing 4-0 at home to Bognor Regis after a 2-2 draw on Saturday. There was also a replay disappointment on Tuesday for Corinthian, who conceded in the 90th and the 120th minutes in their 2-1 extra time loss to Met Police. While Sheffield United were 2-0 up with 35 minutes to play against Lewis on Saturday. In those 35 on Saturday and the 90 on Tuesday, Tony Russell's men banged in 10 unanswered goals. Joe Taylor scoring six of them, 8-0 at finished on Tuesday night. Uh, Beckenham reached a second qualifying round from those. They beat East Grinstead 3-1 in their replay. While Fisher also won at the second time of asking as they beat Spellthorn Sports 4-0, one of two scaffold sides to make it through. Phoenix the other after their 4-1 win over Rustall. Uh, also through on Saturday were Ashford United, Cray Valley, who stunned Hastings 3-0. Chatham Town and Sevenoaks, who also beat a side from above as they overcame Kingstonian. But it was the end of the line for VTD Athletic, Hive Town, and Irith Town, who were beaten at Three Bridges on Friday night. Uh, Astra beat Sevenoaks 1-0 in the only Isthmian League game this week involving any of our clubs. And this weekend, there's no more league matches either for our Isthmian League South East sides, as it's the FA Trophy. Uh, Ashford United host AFC Sudbury, Chatham away to Barton Rovers, Beckenham host Haybridge Swifts, Favisham go to Chichester, Sevenoaks go to Hadley, Cray Valley are away to Lansing, Hyde also on the road as they go to Merston, Sheppey United are home to Hartford Town, it's Tooting and Mitchell against Corinthian, VCD host Greys, and then on the best day of the year on Sunday, Sitting Warren travel to play South Park. Uh, two games each for our Eastman League Premier Division sides, including a pair of derbies on Tuesday when Folkestone host Cray Wanderers and Margate beat Herne Bay. With Folkestone at Carl Shorter on, on Saturday, Cray Wanderers at Corinthian Casuals, Herne Bay at home to Lewis and Margate hosting Haringey Borough. Um, lots to talk about there, I suppose. And, and those FA Trophy fixtures, I've read them out. There's a lot of teams away from home, aren't there? Yeah, it seems to start early and early, the trophy there. Seems that uh, surely they could sort out, maybe just get a few more league games than playing the trophy early doors. It's a long way to go in this competition. It seems a little bit strange. Get some more league games on board. Some difficult ties there. Um None of these sides, I would have thought, will get, will get anywhere near the um, the right end or the business end of the competition. But I was interested to see, do do these clubs how much how they treat this competition? Um, do you know, like Hyde, for example, they've got to travel. Um, does it cost them money? And what sort of is it a competition that? anybody's really interested in at this level. I don't really understand. I suppose there's not much money in it. That's what basically I'm saying. No, I spoke to, I remember speaking to Tommy Warrell about it, about this time last year. And he said, actually, do you know what? We don't, we, we want to go a long way in this. And we've seen teams from the Isthmian Premier get to the final and win it. So you only need a, a good draw, you know, get through a couple of rounds. Get it's a, lot, it's a lot, of, lot of games to win though, isn't it? You know, you might get a lot a of games but... to win, but you know, the, you, I suppose you've got to go into it and think, you know, this is an opportunity oh, yeah. to, to, to play some different teams. You know, I like the fact that there's very few all, all Isthmian Southeast ties in there. I think there's only one. So it's nice to play some different teams. And I guess that's a good experience for people. And, you know, we've seen clubs, you know, they get to go away a little bit. It builds the team spirit. So I think you've got to just view it as a positive. It just it just seems to be far too early. You When you think the national based <coughs> on Bromley don't go into this competition for another three months. So you can probably, you know... It's a competition. I know you've got to fit in the FA Cup, but maybe they should. Seems very early to me to be playing these sort of games uh, within the season. And again, I suppose you can't, you can't, it's not a competition. You, you've got to travel. You probably can't play midweek, I suppose, is it? On that as well. Um, yeah, it just seems far too early for me. Yeah, uh, and while we're talking of fixtures, as we were talking about Bromley having to go to York uh, on Tuesday night. I don't understand why Margate against Herne Bay is on Tuesday night. Surely that game should be around Christmas. You know, that's they should be using those games. I mean, that's probably the shortest trip of the season for either of those. And they've got to play it on a Tuesday night in September. What a, what a joke. Yeah. Yeah, it does seem... Uh, Herne Bay getting used to playing in Fanny, aren't they? So, uh, they've had a couple of home games there. And, but, yeah, it should be a big game. I have to say, good result. Probably one of the standout results in the FA Cup was Margate winning at Aylesbury, down to 10 men. Margate haven't really got going, and, and that's a fine result for that. I don't think they're... The draw was particularly handy for them, but it, it was a good result for Margate, and hopefully they can build on that. Yeah, we'll discuss the draw next week for the FA Cup, uh, with all the ties being played next Saturday. But if you're not aware, 
the standout tie for us is Ebbsfleet against Dover, uh, which <laughs> caused Matt a, a great deal of delight uh, when that one came out of the hat on Monday. Also, Phoenix against uh, Seven Oaks uh, is a good tie for us. And Chatham away again. They seem, I think with, they're away this weekend as well. It just seemed to be wherever they go, they're away from home in the cup, which is absolutely insane, isn't it? Very strange. I have to say about Sheppy John, did not, you know, I thought they might 2 0 up half an hour ago or 20 minutes to go, you said, and then head back and then conceding. I didn't didn't know the score till I saw that this morning. Conceding eight at Lewis. Lewis are a good side. I don't know what's happened to Sheppey there. I know Joe Taylor's a good player, but what's gone wrong there? Real shocking thing then. Yeah. Any, any? Have you heard anything? What happened? What what, what went on? I think they've they, they've got some injuries, Sheppy. I think they were certainly without some of their key men. Um, I, I think they were without Leonard and and Abanji, so their their pace on the wings was was a yeah. bit gone. Um, and obviously they they obviously fell behind, and I guess their heads must have dropped. But yeah, yeah really disappointed result for them. They haven't won in the league yet. Um, they could, they really probably of all of our teams need a win the most on Saturday. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. And you've got a feel for Corinthian. There can't be many. There can't be many teams who are winning one nil, conceding the 90th minute, and in the 120th minute to lose an FA Cup tie. That dressing room must have been like a really, you know, Michael's got a job probably to lift the players from that. So I thought they would. Um, that would have been a great result if they got through against Met Police. Well, from what I heard, actually, they they played really well on Saturday, uh, and they they probably should have won on Saturday. And Met Police were a better side on Tuesday night, but it is the way that they've lost that game. And yeah. Corinthians have conceded a lot of late goals. And and as people know, I speak to Michael quite a lot. We, we get on really well. And we've seen the last few years, Corinthians have been so hard to score against. They've been such a good, strong defensive team. They've obviously had Aidan in goal, who is a very, very good goalkeeper. They've had the, the same sort of back three uh, or, or back two and then back three as they played last season. And they... Were, had that very much that attitude of we're not going to concede. And I think to see them conceding so many late goals is, is, is what's difficult. And, and you know, we, we know all about the, the constraints that they've got. He tells me he's got six defenders out injured. How can you cope with that when, you, when you're not playing any players and you can't just go out and get someone to come in? It, it's really, really tough for them at the moment. But, but, yeah, they need a win. But I guess they have to take the positives from the fact they ran Met Police very, very close. But they've got to stop conceding the late goals. Yeah, um, again, he, he said it's going to be a difficult season for him. Yeah, it's just a little bit heartbreaking that you've got to feel for him a little bit there. Uh, into the scaffold now and for the second week run, we're, we're delving into the world of the first division. Uh, Faversham Strike Force are playing at Salters Lane this year and raised plenty of eyebrows with their 8-4 win over Brydon Ropes on Saturday. I spoke to manager Gary Axford earlier today, starting by asking if he'd ever won 8-4 before. <laughs> Not since I was running a youth side. <laughs> Uh, 2-2 at the break, so the second half must have been quite entertaining. The, the second half was, I mean, we went in at half-time and to be honest with you, I was a bit disappointed because we, we didn't play very well at all. Um, we're on quite a, a good vein of form at the moment and we were going into the game unbeaten, so were Bryden. Um, and, and I said to the lads at half-time, I said, look, come on, you've let yourself down a little bit there. We, we had a half-decent crowd there. Um, and uh, we really didn't play well at all. So we, we knuckled down, um, had a few heart-to-hearts at half-time, as you do, but then we went out to start the second half and conceded a penalty um, almost within three, four minutes. But after that, we really got it together, so um, scored some really good goals in that game as well, but conceded some shockers, so it was a bit of a mixed bag. Would you rather have won 1-0? <laughs> As a manager, I, I probably would have rather beaten 1-0, yeah. Because, um, uh, you know, I've got to look at, you know, stopping our side from conceding those those types of goals, to be honest. So, um, yeah, 1-0 would have suited us. But from an entertainment perspective, uh, at home, at a new ground for us this year, you know, playing in the town where we where we should be, um, it was a very entertaining game for the fans. I know it's obviously a team game, but a couple of hat-tricks in there, including Marshall Ratton. Now, my co-host Matt's a big Dover fan, and, and he always rated him, so you must be pleased that you've got him in your ranks. Oh, listen, we, we Marshall's good friends with some of the lads uh, that we got in the squad. 
Uh, he played with them as a as a youth player. I've I've known Marshall for a long time. Uh, he was really deflated coming out of Dover. Um, he, he didn't really feel he had much of an opportunity there. And and I've you know I've I've been in youth football a long time and uh, senior football now for probably eight nine years. And you know some of these lads uh, do do lose their confidence when when they don't get played. Uh, and they have to come back down to levels, you know, like us. And I put my arm around Matt Marshall and said, look, you know, you, you've come here. I know what you can do. I just want you to play. So he's had a lot of freedom uh, and uh, he's expressed himself. So he, he, he's done well for us. Looking generally, as you said, you're in a good vein of form. You're, you're second in the league at the moment. You, you've got to be so delighted in, in only your second season at this level. Yeah, to be honest, we um, in about 2015, we won the Kent County Prem um, and should have got automatic promotion into Scaffold 1, but we couldn't go up because of the ground facilities. We were really struggling to find somewhere that would take us on, that gave us the facilities to go up. So that following season, we lost half the side and I, I sort of came on board. We rebuilt the side, put a load of 18s, in there, we struggled for a couple of years, um, and and then it's worked out. You know, some of these lads have, have matured at that sort of level, and we've brought in some good additions this year. So we're looking pretty good, to be honest. You said to me earlier on about how you're back in the town where you should be. How important is that for you as a club? So obviously, you're Rochester last year. To to be in Faversham yeah. is is huge, isn't it? John, it's massive. We we've played we played in Sittingbourne for. For probably three years, we, we were at uh, Rochester for a, for a couple of seasons, including the COVID uh, seasons, and uh, nobody came to watch us. We, you know, Rochester had a good fan base, but you know, nobody was coming from Faversham to to watch us and to to sort of link up with Faversham Town and enter into a ground share with them is 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 fantastic for us. We, we've got a really big youth set up in the town. You know, we, we're somewhere near 38 teams this year, youth teams, uh, all the way from toddlers up to 18s. And, and we've given out 600 season tickets to all of our youth players in the hope that they'll come and watch us, bring a parent with us, come and buy a burger, have a pint in the bar. Um, so, you know, it, it's massive for us as a club and it generates some income for us just to help us cover the ground share and, and all the costs that, that we pick up playing in that league. You, you mentioned about all the youngsters. You're obviously a very family club. I've seen the video of, of, of the young lad reading out the teams at the weekend. So I guess that kind of shows yeah. what Fabson Strike Force is all about. Yeah, Archie's, Archie's a good lad. He, he plays for us. He, his dad's involved in the club. Uh, so it, it is a real family feel. We, we've probably got over 100 volunteers running teams and coaching teams all throughout the age groups and uh, they're all local people so you know we're hoping that you know we, we can generate the, the, the kind of interest that, that the club our size you know should do playing local football um, and if we can play a little bit of uh, exciting football and uh, you know we you know you never know we might uh, be able to average a, a hundred plus gate um, which which we're hoping for. What are the sort of ambitions for the club? It's very much your baby, isn't it, the club? Uh, how far do you see it going? What do you want to achieve? Do you just want it to be a big community thing or do you want to go up the leagues? I think we, we just... My feet are firmly on the ground. We, you know, we, uh, we'd like to do well. Um, how ambitious are we is going to really depend on, on the, the club's aspirations. We, we're very big in the youth and we, we segregate the, the senior football out of the youth. Um, so they have very different pathways, but sticking with the the, the youth, uh, you know, uh, just for this for the moment, we we'd like to be as big as we can, but but obviously um, we're restricted by facilities in in Faversham and the surrounding towns and the senior team. Well, you know, we we could go up a level for sure. Um, you know, we're we're we're, we're pretty uh, comfortable with with probably going up at least one more level. Um, but there is a possibility that I don't know how Faversham Town are going to do this year, but we don't really want to be playing this, the same league as Faversham Town, having a ground share. That that could prove quite difficult. 
So pr- probably another level, I would think, and then see where it goes after that. You're not going to do a Dorky Wanderers then and get up to the National League? <laughs> you never know. Yeah, we'd need a decent backer if we were going to do that. But uh, yeah, a lot of the, the funding is quite difficult at our level. You know, we I, we all put money in, and the sponsors are, are really good locally. So it, it uh, we just have to see where it goes. We take every game as it comes. You know, we we've got um, you know we've got a couple of tricky games coming up. If we if we can you know if we can sort of keep doing what we're doing, the lads keep keep their feet on the ground. There's always one or two of them talking about automatic promotion, but it's too early for all that. We've played six games, and uh, we, you know we, we we really just want to have have a good go this year. As you say, it's only our second season in, um, and we just want people to talk about us and and have a look over their shoulder at uh, what we're doing, really. I did like what he said, Matt. He'd rather have won one nil, but I, I, I'm, I'm fully with him there. Um, yes, but um, yeah, what a game that was! Absolutely, uh, and he said, you know, two two at half time, then they fell behind again, and obviously something just clicked. and And it's great to see actually. He's talking about the community aspect there, and you know that they're building that club, and and he was kind of the brainchild behind it what, ten years ago, and now look where they are. And, and it was interesting, I said, you know, we've got the youth section, we've got the senior section, we try to separate it, but, you know, I think we can go up another level, but I wouldn't want to be in the same league as Faversham. It's, it's really, really interesting yes. to hear from that level of football, isn't it? That that was interesting, what he said about that. I don't, I don't think Faversham, well, we don't know anything can happen in the Eastman League, but I, I presume it, will, it would be, he doesn't want to play the same level what was the reasoning behind that? Some, I know they share the same ground, but would you like to be the number one team in Faversham? Um, I'll take it there's a pretty, pretty much a respect between the two clubs, so there's not not much rivalry, particularly if they're sharing at the same ground. But yeah, fantastic achievement and what they're doing with the youth, getting people on board. And he said they had over 100 volunteers running the club. What a fantastic achievement that is. So yeah, a labour of love again, um, but they're doing really well and Again, he's pulling his hair out after a result like that, probably when it's uh, 8-4 but, uh, as a manager. But great entertainment. And again, I love the park. They're aiming to get 100 people through the gates. If they can achieve that, they're on to a winner. So that's fantastic. Yeah, and I think it's it's great to hear. You know, it was interesting when you said about uh, Marshall Ratton, a player that I know you felt could have had more opportunities yeah. at Dover. And, and he said, you know, he, he was fragile. And, and we don't tend to think about that mental side of it, do we? That, you know, players... When things don't work out for them at a club, you know, it's quite easy to look at it and say, oh, they just weren't the right fit. But you have to look at the mental side of it. And I know, yeah, we're talking about National League players, but you see a lot about players who go through the academy system in, in the Premier League and then get caught, kind of ditched at, at 18 and, and, and back to square one with no qualifications. And not the same situation by any stretch of imagination for, for Marshall there, but he's gone there and, and he's viewed this as a chance to, to make a name for himself. And we're talking about him. So it's the right move to sometimes take that step back if you want to get forward again. And again, some of it probably is he wants to enjoy his football again, playing with his mates, etc. like that, which is probably um, half the battle you can enjoy your football. Yeah, he, he, always, he had injury problems at Dover. And again, again, I don't think Andy Hess and Tyler trusted him, but he's got a decent left foot. He could cross the ball in and he can get down the left, left-hand side. Clearly, He's probably playing the level that um, he could, you know, play higher levels than this. But he's enjoying his football, and let's see what goes from there. And it, you know, again, half the battle is enjoying his football, and clearly, hopefully, the the confidence that Gary's got into him is the most important thing. Yeah, and and it's great to hear, you know, how the club is is growing. And oh, you know, I, 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 I didn't I, know I, anything I thought, about Favisham Strike Force. I, I thought to myself, I'm going to say to him. Are you going to be the next Mark White? Are you going to do a Dorking Wanderers? And he, yeah. he sort of chuckled, but, you know, I think it, it, he says they, they would need some backing to go all the way. But, you know, we've seen, I guess in a way, Faversham Town have kind of stagnated over the last few years. Mm. And they've had, they obviously had Ray Turner there for a long time. He did a great job. But since then, they've gone from manager to manager for various reasons. Um, I don't think that they're getting the, the crowds in. They've seen, obviously, teams around them fluctuate a bit. You know, that. Their big derby games normally against Whitstable, Herm Bay, Sittingbourne. They've only got one of those in the division this year. Um, they've had an inconsistent start to the season. And, and for me, I wonder if the the rise of Faversham Strikeforce 
has the potential to sort of give Faversham a, a bit of a kick up the backside. It could definitely will do. A Faversham strike force, do you think they would like to get their own ground at some stage? I don't know this, if there's... I presume the council really said you really got a football ground in Faversham. We don't need another one. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, if you're a Faversham fan, who are these little upstarts who are doing quite well and enjoying their football and scoring goals? So, uh, yeah, interesting. Again, it's the old adage, John. We discussed it on Saturday. Eastbourne's got three teams. Faversham have got two teams. So, maybe, maybe Faversham, we could be saying in 10 years' time, Faversham strike force are the number one team in Faversham. Who would have said that? Exactly. The rest of the results in that division on the uh, the weekend then. Uh, Croydon beat Lewisham Borough 2-1. It was Forest Hill Park 1, Lidtown 2. Uh, two late goals for Lidtown in that one. Greenways beat FC Elmstead 1-0. A 2-0 win for Staples Monarchs at Meridian VP. Snodden beat AFC Whiteleaf 2-1. And it was Tooting Beck 2, Larkfield and Newhithe 2. Then on Monday night, Greenways were 5-2 winners over Snodden. A big result, that one. Uh, and on Wednesday night, there's been three games this evening. Croydon beat Bermondsey Town 3-1. FC Armstead nil, SC Thamesmead 2. That's a good result for uh, NEO, who we had on last week, yeah. their first point, uh, their first win of the season. Uh, and Larkfield and New Hyde beat Staples Monarchs by three goals to one. Uh, so plenty of action going on there. This weekend, uh, obviously, there are fixtures in that division. Uh, AFC Whiteleaf against Meridian VP. It's Bryden Ropes against Lidtown. Fabrician Trike Force at home again as they play Croydon. Lewisham Borough against Larkfield and New Hyde. Rochester United against FC Elmstead, SC Thamesmead at home to Greenways, Snodden against Tooting Beck, and Staplehurst against Forest Hill Park. And then one game on Tuesday night, Meridian VP against Forest Hill Park. And three more on Wednesday, Croydon against AFC Whiteleaf, Lidtown against Fabrician Strikeforce, and Tooting Beck against Lewisham Borough. Uh, into the Scaffold Premier Division. And do you know what my thoughts are this week? That this division continues to be wide open. We Last year, we had two teams that ran away with it. Absolutely fine. This year, anyone can beat anyone. And my case in point for that is Wellingtown. 3-1 winners at Whitstall. First game at Whitstall's new 3G pitch on Saturday. Wellingtown go there, win 3-1. Tuesday night, home to Earthtown, lose 3-0. You know, <laughs> there's so many teams that are just struggling to be consistent uh, in this level of football. We'll go through the other results quickly. Uh, Beers did one, Irith and Belvedere two, Dealtown four, Lordswood one, Hollands of Blair seven, K-Sports one, Punjab United one, Holmesdale one, Stansfeld won three one against Canterbury City, it was Sutton Athletic one, Glebe one, uh, and then a couple of games on Tuesday night, Irith and Belvedere two, Phoenix Sports one, and we already mentioned Wellington nil, Irith Town three, Punjab United made it through in the FA Bars as they beat Clapton one nil in their rearranged game. Uh, but it is, it, it's amazing to see this league so wide open, isn't it? Yeah, it is some strange results there. Um, Erith and Belvedere, I suppose you look at them as favourites. They've won five out of five. So, and there's Stansfield up their deal. One, you know, came from behind to win their game as well. I know Steve King will be confident there, could be up there. But again, yeah, it's 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 not settling down too much at the moment, is it? Um, for some of these sides, consistency's really got to be back in there. Um, Stansfield and Rustle, not many people would expect them to be up there. Even Beerstead as well <coughs> in the top six as well. And Punjab United, um, five game, they've only played five games, seven points, but good result in the cup as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's a real open. See what we could do in it, and, and that, that, that's um, going to be exciting for this for this division. I have to say, is it is it the fish that beat City Bob bottom of the table? It is, isn't it? Yes, and they're and they're still in the FA Cup. They've, they've exactly, yeah. So she got through as well. So yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, you know, clearly everybody can beat anybody in this division as well. So it's getting the consistency for some of these sides at the moment. Erith and Belvedere have got it. Who are you, th- are you thinking that they're going to be um, the side to beat, John? Or are you you're not betting it, putting your uh, mortgage on anything at the moment? Well, I'm not putting my mortgage on anything because I did tip Tunbridge Wells at the very start. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> Erith and Belvedere were a team that I always fancied to be up there, and, and they've kind of lived up to that billing, but I just think there's such a long way to go. And as we're seeing at the moment, anyone can beat anybody, and that makes yeah. it a really, really fascinating uh, division. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that as well, the news this week, uh, that the Scaffold have said that if the clubs both agree, they can play their games at two o'clock kickoff uh, during the winter months to help clubs come through the, the current energy price crisis, which I think is a, a really, really sensible move. Although, you know, I would worry that they kind of left it a little bit open to interpretation, but all both clubs have to agree. I think they might be better off just having a sort of blanket actually we'll start at one o'clock because that means there's no danger of the floodlights coming on. Yes, it'd be earlier for people to get there, but there's not as if it's a league like Dover's League where you've got some really long journeys. I think they could get away with that. 
Yeah, I think it's a, it's it's a good decision um, for clubs to do it if they keep. Seems that businesses, as you probably know, John, are going to hit more than uh, people at home after what the government's probably going to announce in the next couple of days. So yeah, I think it's a, a wise decision, and we don't want to see any clubs have issues where they can't pay their um, electricity bill and go out of business. So a wise decision, and you, I think it, you probably might have it over a, a number of leagues deciding to do this over the season. Fixtures in the Scaffold Premier Division this weekend, all three o'clock kickoffs uh, this lot Canterbury against Tunbridge Wells, Irith and Belvedere against Hollands and Blair, it's Fisher against Kennington, Glebe against Punjab United, Holmesdale against Whitstall Town, K Sports hosts Stansfeld, Lords would take on Phoenix Sports, it's Rustall against Deal Town, Sussex Athletic against Zero Town, and Wellingtown against Beerstead. On Monday, K Sports meet Deal Town. Uh, and then on Tuesday night, Irith and Belvedere against Punjab United, Hollands and Blair against Canterbury City, Kennington against Lordswood, Stansfeld against Rustall, Tunbridge Wells against Sutton Athletic and Whitstall Town against Beerstead. A couple of the surprise packages uh, meeting there on Tuesday. Map also Wednesday, Irith Town against Glebe, Holmesdale against Wellingtown, uh, Phoenix Sports against Fisher. Uh, but Matt, two of the surprise packages meeting there, Stansfeld against Rustall. That's a, a big game on Tuesday night. Yeah, it's a big couple of days for Rustall. We've got to play Deal as well. So we'll see how... Um... <laughs> Their season could be looking very, very good this time next week, or you know they could be back to where the, you know, back amongst the middle of the pack. So a big season, a big, big weekend for them, and I'll be looking out for those results. So, uh, will we see any more surprises? Do you know what? I'm sure we will because it just seems to be uh, seems to be surprise after surprise after surprise at the moment. So uh, I'm sure there'll be some. Surprising results. That's pretty much it then. We've been through all the leagues, haven't we? I don't think we missed anything. Yeah, else, we have. But yeah, it's been again it's been short. thrown together. Yeah, it's yeah. I suppose if you work in and we're doing it late night, eleven o'clock, mate. Remember they used to do it to one o'clock in the afternoon. It'd be a bit, bit more um, um, professional. And I presume next week will be late again because, of course, with the Champions League working every week and you're a busy man, there'll yeah. be another late night one next week. Absolutely, it's going to be the case all the way through. I think I've got six weeks of the next ten. Uh, I'm doing the, uh, the the wafer thing, and then uh, in two weeks' time, we've got a whole other challenge because I'm not in the country uh, for for three days in the middle of the week. So we might have to have a week off actually in a couple of weeks' time, uh, but we will let you know on that one. But I'm out in the country Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so that's going to make life a little oh. bit tricky. Uh, maybe have to do something Monday, but we shall see how yeah. we go on. So I'm, I'm okay. I'm not. I'm off to the test match on Saturday, so I'm not at football this week. But I will be at the um, David Dartford game next week, which will be interesting to see um, where the darts are. And, um, and we have seen Welling soon as well, because David have got to go to Welling at the end of the month, so as well as Ebsleet. So it seems a pivotal month for Dover and maybe uh, Andy Hessenthal. If he can get some results, if he doesn't, it will be interesting. But apart from apart from the football, John, what have I been watching? Have you have you watching um, Capture on the telly, BBC One? Um, I refer you back to the earlier conversation and the people whose name rhymes with fly. All right. Uh, which means I don't actually have the ability to watch any recorded programmes and uh, never right. will for the rest of my life ever again. Uh, so that's really, really good. <laughs> right, um, so. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's really handy. I'm going to be downloading everything when I'm down with the kids with my new fancy bloody telly that I don't really want. Um, and yeah, quite quickly, can you get that new telly? It's coming on Saturday, so it's right. coming quite quickly. Um, they must so. have, they must have um, apps on it though, surely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's going to be all right. I mean, the only problem is obviously you're dependent on their Wi-Fi, which uh, isn't very good either. Um, So, yes, very, very uh, unsatisfactory experience. They waited in all day uh, for the engineer who was uh, there's no actual polite way of putting it. He wasn't a very nice person. Uh, If he had another job, he would probably be working in the banking sector. uh, (laughs) That sort of person Uh, really, really got on my goat today, which. After the last few months that I've had, I really, really didn't need. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on, it's the best day of the year on Sunday. Uh, I was obviously 40 last year. And do you know what? Being 40 has been bloody horrible. I cannot wait for a fresh start. Uh, cannot wait to get going uh, on Sunday. Surely 41 can't be as bad as 40 was. Uh, and we will get going. I'm going out for a nice meal on Sunday lunchtime and a few drinks. It's the only day I've got off work between now and at least the 17th of September. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to having a, a nice relaxing day and a few drinks. So uh, fingers crossed it's going to be all right. Hopefully the rain's going to stop because it, it never rains on my birthday. It shouldn't do that, should it? Well, no, it's both, well, as I'm going to the test match, apparently Saturday's going to be good when I'm at the test match. So. Well, hopefully they're I still in it. Well, yeah, it could be all over by then, couldn't it? That, that, would, that would be a kick in the teeth, wouldn't it, when uh, it's all over in two days. So... Um... Apart from that, yeah, but I'm looking forward to that. I've never been to 
never been to the Oval and I've never been to a test match. So a bit of excitement for the for the weekend as well. I was so. going to say, actually, have you, when was the last time you went to a test match? But you've never been to one before? No, as a kid, we always used to go. My dad always used to take, when Kent used to play at Folkestone, we'd always go over and watch you know, a county championship match or a John Player special. And when I was a sort of um, teenager, we used to go to Canterbury quite a lot when Kent were in the Benson Edges and Nat West Trophy. I can't actually remember. And, and when I don't think I went to a 2020 a couple of years ago, but that got rained off. So, well, my first proper cricket match for probably about 10 years this will be. So, um, and I do like my cricket. So, I'm quite looking forward to it and seeing some old friends. So, it should be a, a decent weekend or what? A decent uh, Saturday away. It's not fancy dress day, is it, though? No, but I have. I will be wearing a fancy shirt. So, um, well, everyone thought you were in fancy dress last Saturday, to well, be fair. Yeah, well, yeah, I got some criticism, didn't I, from my dress sense? Did yeah. you think I thought it was a nice shirt? There's more than my socks. Because we had this conversation as well. I don't trust anybody who doesn't wear socks. No, but your socks were shocking, to be fair. Didn't well, go I mean, with the rest of your outfit, did they? You, you were no, clashing. No, yeah, but I, I've, only, I've only got sort of those colourful type socks. So I don't really think from that. But no, anybody who doesn't wear socks, just I just don't, I just don't trust them. Because they're just wrong. So I have to wear socks. But again, yeah. My good friend Tom stood up for me because he thought I would look quite relaxed with my hand in my pocket talking to Lee Martin, who had his arms folded throughout the interview. So uh, there you go. I mean, I don't blame Lee Martin for being a bit down in the dumps. Could just been told he wasn't having a day off, and it, and his team had been absolutely terrible. So <laughs> you know, if he was jumping up and down and delighted, I think people would give him even more flack. So that's true. Uh, that's true. There you go. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. You can find us on Twitter at Kent Only Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Vips eighty one. Matt is at Matthew underscore Jarred. And always, we'd love to hear from you uh, with any sort of stories that you've got. Anything that we're missing? I don't think we will miss any more eight fours. But just in case there are any more, do, do let us know. Uh, we also have to get new people on the show. Uh, delighted that for the second week running we've had uh, a club we've never covered before on the podcast so really really good that thank you to our guests for their time this week uh, thanks to Matt for staying up well past his bedtime to do this yeah. and we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast happy birthday John have a good one